I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're very pleased to have joining us on the line today, Jerry Larson, uh, Chief Operating Officer at U-Science. And this is such an important history month and wanting to make sure that we have women well positioned to continue to make history now and in the future. And uh, Jerry, tell us just a little bit about uh, this study, the insight that uh, came from U-Science research uh, in terms of this uh, talent, talent shortage and what we're doing, with, especially with our young women. So U-Science is actually a system that helps get students of all backgrounds into the right careers. And as they're facing forward and trying to figure out exactly what they should do when they grow up, they need to know exactly how their brains work so that they can find something that they're going to be happy at and they're going to be successful at. So what we did is we looked at all of our data and we pulled 116,000 high school junior and senior female um, data at points. And we're able to look at the fact that They have more than 10x the aptitude than the interest for careers in architecture and engineering, for example, whereas for education, social sciences, training, arts, design, they have 2x the interest than the actual aptitude. So we wanted to make sure that they were aligned up so that we don't necessarily focus on a talent shortage per se, but more on an exposure gap that they just don't know how their brains work and they want to make sure that we get them in the right spots in the future. Uh, I think that's so important. Uh, often as we look at uh, careers, I, I always say if you're uh, not using those signature strengths, those talents that you naturally have, uh, you're not going to be happy regardless of what your title or what your salary is. Uh, and so I want to dig in just a little bit more in terms of this aptitude versus interest, uh, because I, I think when you when you talk about a 10 times uh, ratio, just explain that for our listeners a little bit in terms of what we're seeing. Clearly, there is talent, skill and ability there, but uh, then it ultimately leads to what you just said in terms of the uh, the exposure. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of amazing, amazing educators out there who are doing the best that they can to align the students in a pathway in their education system to get them where they need to be. The challenge is, is that students only know what they know. They know what their parents do. They know what their uncles and aunts and uncles and, you know, cousins do. They know what they've been exposed to. And so actually it's less of a talent gap and more of an exposure gap. So when you go ask a seventh grader, what do you want to be when you grow up, they will say what they know. They will say the 10 things that they think they might want to do, but they may never have even heard of what a statistician is or, you know, something else like that. And so what we do is we take an aptitude assessment that looks at actually how their brain thinks spatially and in numerically and in patterns and all of those kind of things. And we align it up with the interest piece as well as with kind of what their personality style is that they like interacting with people and instead of just saying what do you want to be when you grow up what are your interests what's fun for you instead we say what does your brain actually do how does it work what you know what ways do you think what are the lenses through which you see the world and then add to that the interest as well as the personality style so that then it kicks out for them here's the top 50 top 200 jobs that would be really great for how your brain functions uh, I think that's so important because I think in so many cases uh, we sort of self-select 
out uh, not not on good information, but just because on that uh, that self bias, or where we think, oh, I, I'd never be good at science, or I, you know, I couldn't be an engineer, or whatever it may be. Uh, and so often, I think, especially with young women, uh, they are much more likely to self select out and say, oh, I'm not qualified for that. Uh, and what you're saying is that it's it's not about the qualifications or the aptitudes. You're saying it's it's more this self selection in terms of exposure uh, or interest. Exactly. And as you say, it is a self-bias. Sometimes it's a very unconscious bias. It also Mm. could be tradition or culture or something else. Um, And as they're coming in, like we're finding they have 11, like middle school females have 11x more aptitude for a career in computer science than they have interest in or that they think they should do. Um, I even had my husband take this assessment and and it came out with something that he was like, wait, what? And we looked at it and he was like, Oh my word, I would have been so happy in that. And I said, why didn't you? And he said, I didn't think I was, you know, I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't think I had the right money to get into it. And, and just that exposure gap right there, if we could change how students, especially females, are able to see their own career potential, we don't have, that's the thing, we don't have a skills gap. We just have an exposure gap. They absolutely could fill all the jobs that we have. We know that the Manpower Group survey said that, you know, globally, that there's 69% of companies who don't feel like they could fill the seats that they have. And then by 2030, it's even worse. Can you imagine if we already knew that we already have that talent? We just need to be able to help them find the right pathways. Yeah. So let's talk for a minute about how we uh, create that exposure and how we uh, really help people recognize all the opportunities uh, that are out there, especially our young women. What are some of the things that we uh, should be doing? Obviously, you're doing a lot with with youth science. Uh, So let's start there and then let's look at what should we be doing in terms of conversations in our neighborhoods, in our homes and in our communities? Youth Science itself has been in all of Utah schools since 2021. So this last school year, um, the one previous to now, all counselors in the state of Utah have had the access to the Youth Science Assessment to use with their students. And so if you're hearing this because you're a Utah parent or a Utah, you know, aunt or uncle, absolutely the kids in your life have access to this assessment. So that's the first thing that's they can great. do is just ask and make sure that they, they know that they have access to it. The second thing is is that I think for all of us, I think it's kind of a damaging question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because then we feel like they have to like decide that right the second, first of all, right? Mm, it's just yeah. terrifying for a seventh grader. <laughs> and, then, and then they also, you know, they have to think of, oh, well, I know six things. So maybe it's one of those six, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead, um, be able to, you know, take your kids through kind of an, an indeed search almost, you know, go through the internet, figure out some of these things that you've never heard of. Sit down with those kids in your life and figure out, um, you know, see the patterns of what they're able to do. Are they really good problem solvers? Are they really good critical thinkers? Are they um, are they good at interacting with folks and being able to get to the root of a problem? Those are the kind of things that we don't necessarily identify in schools. You know, those are the things that we can see externally. Trying to maybe open our own exposure so that we can then say to them, you know, when I was growing up, I only knew about these 10. But now I know that there's 750 out there. Let's look at what some of those are. Um, Talk to folks in your neighborhood and figure out what they're doing because it may have been a career that your kids never heard of. You know, see if you can have a five-minute conversation with those external resources that you have access to. 
Oh, fantastic. This is such great research and such uh, an important conversation uh, to have, especially with our, our young women. You can go to youscience.com uh, and check that out. Great resources, great assessment. Uh, I think I may go take the assessment today, figure out what I want to be when I grow <laughs> up here. I'm still working on that. Uh, but, Jerry, I appreciate your bringing this to our attention and just what a crucial conversation this is that we really do have uh, talent uh, and to spare, and especially for our young women to make sure that they get exposed to all the opportunities that are out there uh, where they can go add value and really make a difference in businesses, in organizations, and especially in our community. Uh, Jerry Larson is the Chief Operating Officer at U-Science. Uh, Jerry, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you so much, Boyd. I appreciate it. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Coming up, how do we restore confidence in our elections? The answer might be way more simple than you think. David Levine is going to join us from the Alliance for Securing Democracy right after top of the hour news. Stay with us. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.